Melissa Harrison here for our latest edition of Religion Unplugged, the Media Project podcast. Joining me in the studio today is our Executive Director, Paul Gladder, who is here along with Dr. Desda Haliso, our guest today from Ethiopia. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. You two spent some time together at an event here in New York City recently, the Odin Symposium. Tell us about that. So we were remembering the legacy of Tom Odin at Central Presbyterian Church here and gathering scholars from around the world who knew Tom Odin. And um, I have to say, Desta here was the first person who told me about Tom Odin and, and who he was and what his work meant. And I was in a cafe, a group of us in a cafe in Addis Ababa, and it was very touching to hear. And could you tell our listeners who was... Who was Tom Oden, and what was his work about, Desta? Well, I didn't know Tom Oden until 11 years ago. It was 11 years ago that I met him in Addis Ababa um, when he came with uh, many other people from within Africa and outside Africa uh, to hold a workshop. And um, he had published a book called How Africa Shaped the Christian Mind, and uh, through that book, and of course, uh, meeting him during that time, I became aware that he was someone who was a liberal scholar, um, and he was a rising star, really, quite a well-known figure within within the world of scholarship, the, um, that is, uh, the world of theology. But then he decided, he kind of changed his mind. He had a Damascus Road experience, and he became a more conservative um, scholar. And then he became interested in, um, in early African Christianity. So he started to explore um, early African Christianity and all those, who, all those scholars, African scholars, who um, had shaped the Christian mind in the early periods. And we should let our listeners know, Dr. Haliso, that you are with the Ethiopian Graduate School of Theology there in Addis, returning back to research and lecturing. I, yes, I, I served um, the school for eight years as, as its director and uh, finished that, um, finished my term as director and um, had a sabbatical for over a year. And now I'm lecturing and doing research at the Ethiopian Graduate School of Theology and also um, coordinating a small joint PhD program, which uh, we are running with the Free University of Amsterdam. Hmm, fantastic. So, you know, to this idea of, of early African Christianity, um, my first time to Africa, I think I might have told you, I was getting emails or comments of, people sending links, you know, people from Germany, friends from Germany, journalists, people who are not religious saying, sending me links suggesting that, you know, the West, uh, missionaries from America were going to, one's going to Uganda and trying to promote uh, religious conservatism and and kind of suggesting that religion is a new phenomenon in Africa. Um, you know, even you know, sometimes people see it as uh, opium for the masses, right? Wasn't that what Karl Marx said about religion? Mm. And Odin's work and your work and the scholars with Center for Early African Christianity point out that that is an incorrect notion, right? And w w explain why that's that's not correct. 
Well, I, I, Christianity has been in Africa for about 1,800 years. And uh, in Ethiopia, for example, where I come from, um, it's been there for almost 1,700 years. Actually, if, if you go back to the Ethiopian eunuch, um, it's been there for almost 2,000 years, one could argue, but we don't have any evidence to, to argue that the Ethiopian eunuch uh, preached the gospel in Ethiopia, but many Ethiopian Christians, um, even some Christian scholars would argue that way. So Christianity has been in Ethiopia for, and in Africa, in Egypt, and in Ethiopia for many years. It's not a new phenomenon as such. Um, but, you know, to to make what, what um, kind of... <laughs> Um, um, to confirm what you said, uh, some people even call Christianity Western religion. It's not a Western religion. Um, it was, it's been a religion in Africa for years and years. It was there in Libya, as Tom Oden has shown, um, for five. It was there for five hundred years, and um, in Morocco, in Tunisia, in Algeria. Uh, in Egypt, Christianity was the dominant religion in all those countries. Ethiopia, from the fourth century onwards, um, has been or was a Christian country, um, and it was state religion until 1974. That was even after missionaries, uh, Protestant missionaries from the West, came to um, Ethiopia. And, um, you know, Marx was wrong, of course, um, about what he said about religion in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and religion has um, always been part of the African life. Um, and it is, of course, part of everyone's life in the world. And, but it, it, religion is everything for, for Africa. Um, but Christianity has kind of transformed the notion of religion in Africa, you know, religion as a culture. So it has brought quite a lot of good uh, to Africa, I would say, but it is now being spoiled because we have departed from that early form of Af- African Christianity mm-hmm. to a more uh, postmodern, uh, individual-centered type of uh, Christianity. And I hope that we will go back to the early uh, African Christianity where sacrifice and suffering uh, are central, uh, you know, and um, people are more interested in participating in Christ's life than just bettering their own lives. One of the phrases at this symposium that returned several times throughout the day was that uh, the scholarship of Tom Oden showed us, and the ongoing scholarship of of his students and friends shows us again and again that Christianity didn't spread north north to south, but actually south to north. The contributions. Yeah. Could you point to a few, uh, some of the, the the early church fathers, and you know, example of one or one, two or three of their these people and their contributions that we can observe that are really important. You know, it's it's not that Christianity moved from. Um, south to north, but it was Christian thinking. You know, the, all the Christian traditions, like exegetical tradition, the monastic tradition, mm-hmm. Neoplatonism, 
um, etc. All those things, according to Odin, moved from from south to north, mm-hmm. or from Africa to Europe, not the other way around. Of course, you know, some people would uh, would argue differently uh, because of the interplay between. Um, <clears throat> Africa and the rest of the world, Athens and Syria um, and Rome and so on. So, you know, that is that is his argument and I, um, on the whole, I agree with him. For example, the Western Christian tradition is heavily, heavily influenced by Augustine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also uh, Tertullian. They're all from Africa. Uh, for example, it, there is a heretic called Arius. Mm-hmm. Um, Arian Christology still influences many people. You know, they because he was condemned by uh, by the church in the Church Council in the fourth century. Uh, he Arius was from Libya, and um, many people wouldn't be openly. Supporting him, but it was quite interesting. Chris Hall, man called Chris Hall, uh, recently uh, during the symposium, he said, when students were asked, um, or some some organisation asked people if they agreed with areas, but more than seventy percent uh, said yes. Mm-hmm. They agreed quite. It was quite shocking, mm-hmm. in a way. And all those people have influenced world Christianity in in various ways. There is a Scholar called, there was a scholar called Cyril of Alexandria, uh, whose Christology, whose thinking about Christ continues to influence many. And Martin Luther was influenced heavily by Cyril of Alexandria and many others. So tell us about your work at the graduate school, the Ethiopian Graduate School of Theology. You say you have about 200 graduate students there. Mm-hmm. What is the work that you're doing, the things that they're studying, and, and how do you find the students to be in their study of religion there in Addis? Well, I, I mainly teach, I lecture um, various courses like Jewish li- uh, literature um, of the Second Temple period, we call them. That is Jewish literature um, that existed um, between you know, the um, end of the exile, and uh, that is the uh, exile of the Israelites and and the destruction of the temple in 70 AD. That's the literature that existed during that period I studied. And I also teach the New Testament, uh, mainly Pauline literature, and I'm interested in um, Christology. But I'm interested in, uh, generally, in how theology can influence society, basically religion in the public square. Mm-hmm. So I write articles to newspapers and websites, um, etc. Um, because um, I'm kind of secondarily interested in politics. So my secondary interest is politics, um, and I read about politics. So I try to combine uh, biblical studies, particularly theology, mm-hmm. With politics, so I, my main role is at the moment teaching and research. So I, I'm trying to publish a book on Paul's Christology in Romans and comparative traditions, uh, focusing on Ethiopian Christian traditions, but comparing with 
patristic traditions, traditions from the church fathers, and also um, comparing with Christ, uh, sorry, Western uh, theological traditions. So it's a kind of uh, bridge-building attempt, really, mm-hmm. uh, bridge-building between Ethiopian Christian traditions and Western uh, Christian traditions, and trying to show how uh, one can um, kind of offer something to the other, how one can learn from from the other. Ethiopian Christian traditions have not been known by by many because Ethiopia was a closed country mm-hmm. for many years. Uh, it was, there was a lot of suspicion. But anyway, we uh, we do that, and our students come from different backgrounds, and many of them are part-time uh, students. They work in government and non-governmental offices, um, and they're professionals, but there are also full-time students. We do um, both theological and um, professional courses. So we try to prepare theological leaders, but we also try to prepare professional uh, leaders. So um, we teach biblical and theological courses, and we teach leadership and theology. We, le- we teach development and theology mm-hmm. as well. So they're all postgraduate students. So they get postgraduate diploma, Master of Arts and Master of Theology. Now uh, we are running a joint PhD program, hopefully. Uh, some will get doctorate as well, but from Amsterdam, not from us. We, we are a very young institution, only 21 years old. So we have got quite a long way to go uh, to grow. Yeah. You, you were talking about uh, your interest in religion in the public square. Mm. And so these these ideas we talked about rego- of Africa's role in Christian thought, um, what's your take on, you know, it sounds like those ideas uh, are relevant not just to church history and Christian history and religion history and theology schools, but also to the public square. And what are you and the Center for Early African Christianity at Yale, what are you all finding um, is the impact of those ideas in, in Af- like among people in Africa, as well as let's talk, we could talk about African Americans and the church more broadly, uh, the global Christian church. How well are those ideas known and what is the impact when do you think to people when they know those ideas? Well, it's, uh, I mean, we, we cannot assess the, the impact as yet. But as I said, EGST, the Ethiopian Graduate School of Theology, is a young institution, and we um, are trying to kind of establish uh, various centers that can um, help us sort of um, um, organize workshops, for example, for government officials, for church leaders, and, and so on. And... Um, through those centers, we can uh, we can um, try to um, <clears throat> promote ideas, um, kind of religious ideas um, that can shape public policy, for example, um, and so on. But but now um, for, uh, the Center for Early African Christianity has inspired us to start 
Center for Ancient Christianity and Ethiopian Studies. Ethiopia, uh, Ethiopian society and religion cannot be cannot be divorced. You know, you cannot understand Ethiopia without religion, uh, because Christianity came to Ethiopia in the fourth century. Uh, there were traditional religions before that, and they existed for a long time, and they still exist. Islam came to Ethiopia right at the beginning, you know, it's in the seventh century, about 80 or 90 uh, Meccans were sent by Muhammad to Ethiopia because they were persecuted in Mecca. So Islam has existed in Ethiopia for a long time, and Christianity has. So we have to understand religion or religions in order to understand our society. And religion is very important for us, as you know, uh, for um, to develop moral fiber of, of society. Mm-hmm. And without religion, we cannot develop that. And politicians have to have the moral fiber in order to be good politicians and um, societal leaders and elders uh, have to have the same. And in order to develop that, we can we have to um, promote these these ideas, and I think um, theology, theological ideas, can play a huge role in all that. Um, they can bring together different Christian traditions. Uh, Catholics, Orthodox are very influential in Ethiopia, and Protestant evangelicals, and they can come together and develop ideas that can be useful not only for the promotion of Christian faith, but also for the development of, um, um, for the societal moral progress, if you like. So uh, that is how I can see um, religion playing a crucial role in the public square in terms of influencing politicians and societal leaders and others in different places. And hopefully, you know, through that, um, there will be less corruption in Africa. Um, there will be um, less violence in Africa. Um, and hopefully um, better economies. Uh, you know, it's at the moment, many African countries are struggling. They are struggling to maintain peace. They are struggling to root out corruption. Um, they're struggling to to develop their economies um, because people are interested in just um, accumulating wealth for themselves than um, sharing uh, with with others, and all that I think um, can be can be promoted through uh, kind of relig- uh, uh, d- promoting religious ideas um, that are developed in a way that is, that is helpful. Um, at the moment, yeah. uh, fatalism is a big thing and that we, we need to address that mm-hmm. um, as well through um, developing religious ideas. David Bailey, one of the speakers, I recall him telling a story that you know, he tries to explain these concepts to uh, of, of early African Christianity, the role of, of of African Christianity, 
um, to African-American young people and young leaders. And he's had the experience of some breaking down and weeping um, because of this. The Also, the issue of race in our society in the U.S. is um, there's divides, as we know. Um, and Christians, there's a strong African-American Christian community in this country that had, uh, I heard speakers talking about this element of, of um, them sensing uh, the church in, in America, for example, in our minds thinking this is a white man's religion, for example, when they realize, no, wait a second, my, you know, the, the church in Africa, uh, the Christians in Africa had contributed to the thought that really, uh, we heard it several times, I think, at the weekend conference, how powerfully that impacted yeah. some people and and there was pastors from uh, Brooklyn and the Bronx and others who are who are very excited to take these ideas to their congregations and so uh, have you have you seen that as well I remember your comments you said you had a different experience with race coming from Ethiopia studying in London yeah I think you know many Africans it's not only African Americans in in USA who who need to learn about that but also Ethiopians and um, black Africans, North Africans, all of them need to learn about these things. Uh, we in Ethiopia didn't used to appreciate the contributions of early African Christians to, sh- to the shaping of the Christian mind in the world. Um, but over the last you know, decade or so, We've come to appreciate that because of Tom Oden's insistence that we should kind of um, uh, try to uh, go back to our roots, our Christian, um, early Christian roots, and try to understand what early Christians did. Now, you know, I'm, I'm a convert. I didn't used to believe that Augustine and uh, Tertullian and others where they believed that they were African because they were from North Africa. And many black Africans think in the same way. Um, They still do, and they didn't study them. And that was what Tom Tom Oden challenged. Uh, He could say things that other people would be afraid to to say. Uh, It was very, very important. And now um, his thinking is, in my view, is uniting Africans. North Africans are now thinking that they are they are indeed part of Africa. They are, of course, North African countries are part of the African Union, um, but they still think they are in the Middle East, uh, in the Middle Eastern region, and Black Africans think that they are in the Middle Eastern region. They're not part of uh, Africa, although they are, they are part of the African Union. But I think this thinking is bringing us together. Now, Africa is extremely divided. Um, th- we speak Amharic only in Ethiopia, and there are Arab-speaking Africa, um, African countries, Francophone, Lusophone, and Anglophone. They're all divided. It's very difficult to communicate with one another, but this, I think, um, the early African Christian thinking, you know, uh, going back to the early African Christians, is going to help us to to come together and um, think about 
Africa and its contributions to the world. But what, how should it help us has always been my question. Uh, Tom Auden would say, you know, you shouldn't have inferiority complex um, that was uh, caused by the colonial past, he would say. Of course, Ethiopia wasn't colonized, so we don't struggle with that. And that was what I, I said during the symposium when I went to London. I went there with almost nil color, color consciousness. Mm. So I, I was, I'm black, but I, I didn't have that black consciousness. Mm. Um, and it was my other African friends who always talked about their color consciousness. Uh, that was mainly caused by the colonial past. And that awareness was created in me. Many Ethiopians uh, still don't feel that way. You know, if they look at you, um, they just look at a white man who is a person. Who is, you know, he's white and black, but there is no difference. Whereas in USA, for example, amongst African Americans, that's not the case. And in, in other African countries that were colonized, that's not the case, case either. So how, how does it help us, is the question. Uh, you know, I, I would say, will it kind of, it, will it contribute to our pride? Oh, it shouldn't, surely. Or will it contribute to our self-understanding? Maybe. And what will that self-understanding contribute to? You know, maybe to our appreciation of the past and to whatever. I think we have to kind of work out uh, what this will help us with. Uh, understanding our past, our Christian roots, uh, the contribution of um, early African Christians. So I'm, I'm still thinking through that. And I think its contribution should be um, you know, to to something better than just oh, we are you know, we Africans contributed to 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 the world, and we our thinking shaped the Christian mind, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I think we have to be careful about those things. Um, it could easily lead us to pride, but you know, I'm I. I'm, I prefer to be humble um, about this because, yes, lots of ideas were flourishing in Africa in the first four or five centuries and maybe six centuries. A lot was happening in Ethiopia um, until Islam, uh, uh, you know, the, there was jihadist campaign in the 16th century uh, in Ethiopia, uh, during which many monasteries were destroyed and many manuscripts were destroyed and many priests were killed. And it, it, it was a huge setback in Ethiopian Christian history. But what have we done with all that, you know, with, with all those ideas? Very little. And how have those ideas contributed to the development of Africa? How have they impacted 
the African um, socioeconomic and cultural life. We have to ask critical questions uh, about those things. You know, we, we can appreciate our past. We can be proud of what the early African Christians contributed um, to the world. But we just have to ask ourselves, what have those ideas contributed to our socioeconomic and, and um, political and cultural development? So uh, I, when I think about it, I prefer humility mm-hmm. rather than anything else. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the humility goes should go both directions, and and I and I hope that. And to me, frankly, when you first told me about Tom Oden and his ideas, I think it helped me understand that, you know, the gospel of Jesus Christ trans in the in the in the Christian thought, uh, you know, transcends cultural boundaries, transcends geographic boundaries, transcends ethnic boundaries, you know, all kinds of boundaries in ways we didn't even imagine before. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I think the humility is important, you know, in, in each continent to realize that, that, that the gospel of Jesus Christ wasn't, you know, established from evangelical churches in the Midwest of the United <laughs> States, nor mm-hmm. places of Europe, or, mm-hmm. or as you're saying, even parts of Africa that, but it transcends all these things, right? Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that should be our focus, really. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of our listeners to the podcast are journalists working around the world, and we do have several journalists in Africa, different parts of different countries in Africa. What is the state of journalism in Ethiopia right now? The state of journalism in Ethiopia right now is improving. I have to say, it was, um, we went through a, um, a period that was very, very difficult for journalists. Journalists couldn't stand for truth and they they're there to um as we would say in christian world to minister to the truth as it were mm-hmm. to promote truth but um it was very difficult for many journalists to to speak the truth mm-hmm. if they did uh, they would be thrown into prison and many suffered uh, for the sake of truth um, but now there is a lot of freedom over the last six months a lot of change has happened as, um, as a result of change of prime minister. We have new prime minister um, who has released all the journalists from prison and released many, many other political prisoners as well. So there is a lot of change, a lot of hope. I used to joke to my students um, uh, before I, when they wrote essays uh, they often were descriptive. So I would say, please don't be over-descriptive like ETV journalists, because ETV journalists would only talk about what happened. They wouldn't analyze what happened critically. They wouldn't raise questions, um, why people did what they did, etc. So, But now that is possible, and uh, there is a lot of good future, I have to say, for journalism in Ethiopia. Yeah, we look forward to, as a media project to coming back to Ethiopia to see our friends there uh, soon, many journalism friends there. And I know our, our board chairwoman's fond of, of Ethiopia and has been interested in the story there about trees and how the headline, I think, is something like how theology is saving the environment. Yes, she came to know a, a, a photojournalist from Scotland who 
was inspired by what he saw in the Google uh, Google map, mm-hmm. and um, he found out that when he saw the Google map that of Ethiopia, there was a lot of desert in Ethiopia, but in the middle of the d- desert, he would see um, green area and uh, lots of small green areas were there. And he found out that those uh, green areas were where there were trees, were churches. So he decided to work on that project, uh, the church and trees. So basically he photographed um, quite a lot of that and he um, did exhibition recently in September um, in California. Uh, and I was um, extremely impressed by what he did, what he showed. And I would like him to come to EGST, my institution, and to present his, his work. And it's uh, very, very useful. And I think, you know, Roberta just said um, theology is saving environment. Right, because you yeah. were saying that it wasn't that the churches just planted trees to block the wind. He was taking these drone photographs, and so the, but the finding wasn't that the churches were planting the trees to block the wind or to use move to the trees, to use the trees to build the church, use the no. wood, right? It was something different. They were creating small gardens of Eden, mm. yeah. So basically replicating or recreating the Garden of Eden. And they, uh, you know, as this gentleman said, they, they were trying to understand invisible through through the visible. Well, it's quite beautiful. Thank you so much for joining us for this conversation, having Dr. Desta Heliso here to get to have a perspective of what's happening in Ethiopia when it comes to religion, when it comes to journalism, how they intersect, and we're excited to share this with our TMP listeners. Thank you very much for having me.